There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The match ball. Welcome to the show brought to you with Levi Solicitors, who will give you 10% off your legal fees if you get to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. We've got Moscow White here as well. Daniel Chapman. Hello. Two managers going toe to toe, giants of the game, a battle of wits in the pouring rain on a Saturday night. It's Steve Bruce versus... <laughs> Sean Dyche, et cetera, et cetera. No, how good was that? How much was that? You know what, Moscow? You told us uh, a couple of weeks ago to start enjoying this. So I tried to take that into my TV watching tonight, which was quite stressful at moments, particularly towards the end. But I really, really enjoyed that. What a game of football. I would say to anybody who switched off at full time, it got better and better because they interviewed Calvin Phillips after the match. And at the end, um, it's Jeff Shreves, isn't it? You said to him, like, it was a a brilliant game to watch and Calvin's smile I think if they could have plugged that into the national grid it would have lit up homes across the country if they could have found a way of turning it into a vaccine coronavirus sorted all gone one grin the dimples were there the dimples were beautiful the television lit up and it was a beautiful moment we just keep adding more and more value to this shit league that has been terrible for years until Leeds United arrived and made it good. I was trying my best to follow your advice and enjoy it as well. And I really was until about 10 minutes from the end. Because I think up to that point, particularly when the way the game started and then we came into it and had a good spell and I was like, oh, this is good. This is really entertaining. I'm happy to have sort of gone toe to toe with them for a while. And then it got to the last 10 minutes and I kind of remembered what had happened in the Liverpool game, which, as we know, is a game I don't acknowledge we lost. But it then kicked in. I was like, no, let's get something from this. Let's not let's not just be happy with a good performance here because we deserve something from this. I was going to say it was good that we managed to follow up that draw at Anfield with a, a crushing defeat of Manchester City at home. That first 20 minutes, though, that was akin to that opening spell with Liverpool, wasn't it? Uh, where you kind of thought, oh, shit, this is... This is the rarefied air that we are up in here and we could be in a lot of trouble. But all credit to him. You know, I tweeted out from the Square Ball account at one point during the, the first half or towards the end of the first half. And just sort of saying, you know, it's one of those games where if it's only one goal and you keep yourselves in it, you've always got a chance. And we did. That's football, isn't it? We're learning as well, aren't we? That's the thing. We, we've had a couple of seasons being generally pretty dominant in the championship. And then you come to a game like this. And I mean, Man City for that first bit, they basically looked like us, but with like a billion pound budget because they were doing all the stuff that we like to do 
but doing it better and faster and we couldn't get into a rhythm and they wherever we were trying to pass into space they had a player there overrunning us and it it felt like we couldn't deal with it but then we felt our way into the game and you know for large periods of it after that we we actually matched them and were better than them my note at around uh, 10 minutes it was just after Kevin De Bruyne had had yet another shot I just wrote down we are fucked <laughs> and um it really felt that way and it, it felt like that against uh, the start of the Liverpool game as well when that penalty went in after what was it 30 seconds and I just thought I, I don't actually want to be in the Premier League I don't think I'm going to enjoy this um and yeah so and that was you know a good six minutes before City had scored and the way Sterling took that goal as well where it was just a bit of a it was a bit of a saunter inside and then just pass into the corner and you think he's going to just score 10 of those and this is going to be quite annoying the rest of this match. But that um, the other thing Calvin Phillips said in his, his post-match interview, it's the only bit of post-match stuff I've seen, was he said that first 20 minutes he thought we gave them too much respect. And um, there probably is something in that, not just respect, but what Michael said that when have we played a team like this ever in the last two years. Leif Davis, you know, coming on as substitute, it's a big difference from not even the Premier League of the under-23s that he was playing in not so long ago. So there's um, there's a lot being asked of a lot of our players and the shock of kickoff, it's the same as at Anfield. It just takes us a while to get used to what's actually happening on the pitch. It's funny you mentioned the notes. I'm just looking down mind the... I mean, quite often there'll be like four or five minute periods where I don't write anything down in these games because it's just being played around in midfield not much happening but my notes go one good man city possession shot from walker corner two minutes sterling shot we've still not had a touch we fuck up the goal kick sterling wins a free kick three de bruyne hits the post with a free kick four we have the ball because <laughs> that was the that was the first time we'd actually had anything like a break and it was those first minutes like oh jesus and then pretty much straight after we'd had the ball torres went past dallas really really easily on the left and oh it just felt terrifying I don't want to um, show the listener behind the veil too much here and, and sort of break the, the magic of, of how this uh, this happens, but I don't take any notes and I generally just wing my way through these these match balls because I find I, I'm not capable of doing it anyway. I get, I get too involved in the games, but um, you're going to have to kind of guide me through this because I'm not quite sure what's happened. I just know that that first half was essentially two halves and we kind of rose into it after about 22 minutes. You saw that sort of switch flick and we sort of realised, ah, we can do this. But that second half, I've no idea what's happened, really. I watched it all and I took it all in, but it's hard to, I don't know, to break it down into its constituent parts. So how do you feel the second half went? Pervader and Rodrigo came on. We all of a sudden looked really dangerous. And then the last 15, 20 minutes, we were kind of under the cosh again. A bit, a bit like the game at Anfield in many ways, that we, we had a period where we looked really dangerous, but then for the last little bit, we were pretty much defending and also looked absolutely fucked. It started before that. It started in the first half. I think there's an element with Manchester City that they, you saw it against Leicester when they went 1-0 up. I think they got to 20 minutes and they were thinking the same as us. Oh, this this would be pretty easy. And we don't have to score 10 goals in the first half. We may as well just take the foot off and we'll just cruise our way to a 4-0. A it's raining. Don't have to go hell for leather in this. And it's the, um, the 10 minutes before half time where... Stuart Dallas had that one-on-one and then Luke Ayling again I mean it's both our fullbacks having the the best chances probably 
not quite of the game because that one that Stuart Dallas blocked on the line when uh, that should have been 2 0 for City, that was probably an easy one. But big chances that put us, um, those are what tipped the expected goals in our favour at half time, which was obviously very exciting. Um, but yeah, we'd City had, I don't know if it's, um, if it's something with them where they, if I'm right, that they just think, oh, well, we've, we've got this game sorted out, we, we can take our foot off a bit. But certainly that um, seesaw between um, City deciding or at least not keeping up the pressure and Leeds thinking, you know what, fuck it, let's not be shy. That changed the game um, before halftime. It was interesting to see some areas where we did struggle in that first half and you could see that that gap in quality, couldn't you? And, and one of the topics we've touched on across uh, these podcasts and, and I've brought up before is it's the speed of thought that you can see the difference between the very elite top players and um, the speed at which they perform their actions as a result of that speed of thought. And you can see it in Man City because my big fear in that first half was because our system is to go man for man all over the park, they were winning just about every single individual battle, I thought. Like you saw the the number of times that that Mendy cut inside from left back and just had a a good old trot up the pitch with the ball. I thought, Christ, we're... We could potentially get hammered here. But actually, as soon as that stopped happening, as soon as we got back into the ascendancy a little bit more, I thought we were fine. But you saw it even like with like Alioski, who just never got into the game particularly, did he? And it was a very, very brave move from Bielsa, but entirely predictable, I guess, that he, he yanked him at half-time and, and put on Perveda to attack Mendy down that side. It was the obvious move, wasn't it? Because Mendy was on that yellow card. And after I tweeted how good he was cutting inside, he uh, gave that massive opportunity to, uh, to Luke Ayling. Our right-hand side was quite a problem during the first half because Ailing was getting slightly taken apart by Sterling and in, ideally in that situation you need your winger to help out but Costa was too busy being taken apart by Mendy who was pushing forward so we were left one-on-one with two players who were beating us more or less every time and Costa was frustrating me but actually it felt like he wasn't I mean he's not a defensive player is it but it felt like he could have been doing more I felt on that side and was leaving Ailing slightly in the lurch Costa does struggle with the defensive side of things, he's, he tries. And you can sort of see, um, he's one of those players you can see him remembering that he's supposed to defend. Like he'll kind of be trotting back and then he'll go like, oh, fuck shit, yeah, I'm supposed to be, yeah, sorry. Um, and he'll have a go. And so the, the effort will be there, but it, he's, it's not instinctive um, with him. We probably missed Jackie Haradonna, um not doing us no good sitting in the stands when um, I'm sure he would have, Worked his absolute arse off. Perveda coming on. I mean, um, Bielsa coached Mendy, knows all about him. There's that famous clip of him saying in a training session that, you know, you can either, you can have a nice time or you can be the, the best left back in the world. It's pretty much up to you um, what you want. And I think Perveda, I like Perveda. He's... I don't know if um, if he was like this before he came to Leeds or Alioski has kind of taken him under his wing. And maybe this is why Alioski couldn't play so well. He's like, he's he's giving all his life force to Ian Perveda. It's kind of draining out of him, but making Perveda stronger because um, he just doesn't care. And that's great. There was a brilliant moment when he, um, he ran back. He made Mendy look an absolute fool in this one moment where he chased him back down the pitch, just took the ball off him, turned around, ran up the other end of the pitch and then put his foot on it as Mendy kind of ran past him, roadrunner style, 
and passed inside and and created a chance. And um, I, th- I don't know, I don't know if hopefully he'll still be doing stuff like that when he's thirty or whatever. But Helder Costa, sometimes you think he, you know, he plays a, a little bit more like he's got the the pressure of the world upon him. Whereas Paveda, no problems, absolutely nothing to worry about. I was also screaming at Costa right towards the end as well. Walker was breaking from deep and just take the yellow. And I, I just, just pull him back, kick him, do whatever. There was one, uh, Man City did one in the first half. Um, it was Men- That was Mendy's one, in fact, in the first half, wasn't it? When he got booked, that was a, a player knowing when to take a booking and Costa didn't do it later. And I was thinking, just fucking pull him down, kick him, do something. I don't think he could catch him. I think it was, like, I think the thought was in his mind, but then he was just, actually, I can't. <laughs> It's like when you think, oh, do you know what? I'm desperate for a biscuit, but they're in the kitchen. Oh, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it's just, it. It's just like that, Dan. Just like that. <laughs> but it's true. We did We did look dead on our feet, which goes to show how much they put into it. But then did you notice Luke Ayling towards the end of that game, big old grin on his face, and he's having the time of his life. And you, so is Pervader. There's, there's just so much joy in that team. And I think this, if you look on like, Twitter this evening, there's just so much joy in watching Leeds and, and we're kind of, it's almost, I don't know if you agree or am I overstating this, it feels a little bit almost transcendental to me. This kind of, it, it feels like, I don't know, I can't put it into words. Do you understand what I mean? I think what we're doing is having a nice time and we're not properly used to it. Well, we've been winning for two years. But it's been stressful winning, hasn't it? Yeah. It's not been, ple- it's not been pleasant a lot of the time. It's been fucking, God, please let us win. Please let us win. We've got to win. And even though we're playing teams that we feel we're, we should be well above. We still need to beat Barnsley and we still need to go to Reading and get a result. And it's none of it's been that fun. Whereas turning up and really annoying Kevin De Bruyne, that's fun. Yeah, it's got that um, free hit element about it, hasn't it? Where we kind of knew Liverpool and Manchester City should be the two best teams that we come up against in the competition. We play them early, so we don't have the time to kind of learn what we're about as a as a team in the Premier League yet and we just have to um, see what we get out of those and what's been delightful is that we've got six points Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince They've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Just looking at the post-match comments and a brilliant tweet from LUFC Ascension who says Pep said Bielsa is much cleverer than me. Chris Wilder saying, I'll slide tackle Bielsa levels. <laughs> uh, they'll be very nice about one another. And it's, it is a joy. It's just really enjoyable to see this sort of stuff happening. And hey, listen, 100%, un- well, not 100%, but unbeaten record at Ellen Road. Nobody's going to win there this year. Nobody. It's a tough place to go these days, isn't it? With the uh, the banners everywhere. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy it. It was important to get the point, I think. Uh, a, a defeat like we did apparently get at Liverpool wouldn't really have been um, had the same flavour as this draw has. I don't know, it's weird to be pleased and happy about a draw, but against you know teams that should be winning the league, a point is kind of a, a bonus and it gives you a little bit more than just having played well, because that's the two parts to today's story. It's one, we played really well, we avoided getting fucked like it looked like we were going to could have won the game and come away with actually something to put on the league table that keeps us above Manchester City so as it stands we are better than them I mean they are legitimately one of the best teams in the world and we've done alright there being occasionally under the cosh or even you know for fairly long periods I guess under the cosh it is alright I mean that that team that we even I think at the end with um Rodrigo on the pitch, I think our entire side probably still costs less than their new centre-back, which is to put some context on the the difference in resources there. And also, they've been Pep's been building this team for years, hasn't he? And, and building it at a level at the highest budget, whereas we've all of a sudden taken this step up and now we're trying to recruit at a slightly higher level with the likes of Cock and Rodrigo. But the, the bulk of that team is Ailing and Dallas and Click and Phillips. It's, all the, it's basically free on very cheap players that we've we've come up from the championship with and I think we can be incredibly proud of the way we did against them. You're right, Moscow, you know, when you say that about how important that point is because that opening game, it was it was very easy to be nice about Leeds when we'd lost and that would have been the same feeling with this one had we conceded a goal there in that, that late spell. But we've got a point and we've kind of stuck a marker in the ground a little bit there and that's, that's what we don't want. We don't want to get through this season and people being dead nice about us but ending up getting relegated. We need to be taking these points. Let's... Let's not take our eye off that particular target, and not that Bielsa or, or the you know the players are. Just that it's it's very easy to kind of get caught up in the romance of it all. But actually, we need to get you know thirty seven, forty points on the board as quick as possible, and then we'll say, well, it's been a lovely season. And there are good signs towards that. I thought um, I didn't think Calvin Phillips was as bad as was being quite made out. He was obviously struggling to get on the ball, but when he did have the ball, there was only. Um, I checked at one point because I think it was Neville or Tyler was saying, oh, well, there's another example of uh, passes going astray. And it was the first one he hadn't landed, um, according to the app I was looking at instead of using my eyes. Um, But I thought Matches Click was brilliant. Caught out a few times because, you know, he is man-marking Kevin De Bruyne, but he didn't allow marking De Bruyne stop him from being a threat going forward in some of his um, attacking play, the it's the chance for Dallas 
it's him. Uh, it was Click running in from the the wing, kind of opened up the space in front of him with a, a little swerve of his hips that fooled everybody and, and sent him in a different direction. And there was no question in that moment that matches Click absolutely belonged to be at a level where he's playing against Manchester City's midfield in the Premier League and um, making a really, really good chance out of that, which it went um it was Bambo and then Tyler Roberts with his second really clever touch of the match. There was one in the first half where he set Helder Costa down the wing. He kind of span and switched play the way he did against Hull last season. And then this one, it was that good little touch where um, there was either Alioski very outside or Stuart Dallas came bursting through and was unlucky not to score. So, yeah, some of our players looked good at this level and that um, takes it beyond that kind of, you know, nice time, plucky points business. It means that we'll go out and we'll absolutely fuck Aston Villa over. Click going off injured, though. I didn't I didn't realise that was allowed. Was he injured or tired? I don't know. He looked more than, he looked more than tired. He went off tired against Liverpool. It was a, He went off about 70 minutes against Liverpool as well. And I think it is just he just fucks himself. He works so hard um, that when you have got the experience and quality of Leif Davis to call upon, <laughs> why not make make the change? And, I mean, there was probably a sense of Stuart Dallas looking at that substitution and going, like, oh, you're leaving me on? Please. <laughs> he went off against Liverpool. Take me off this time. I must admit, I felt really, I guess it was pride of in Dallas and, and Ailing today because they both had difficult moments in that first half and they both came through it. And by the end of the game, I thought they both played really well. And for them to have, I guess that's what we're going back to saying at the start of it's a new experience than playing against this quality of opposition. And they, they visibly improved as the game went on. It would have been quite easy for them to sink in a game like that. But by the end of it, they were, they were playing as well as anyone. I would say that as well about... Um... Leif Davis, not that he was playing as well as anyone, but just because I did sort of sarcastically mention him coming on there. But if we think about what happened to Leif Davis when he came on, penalty claim against him for handball, then penalty claim against him a minute later for um, bringing down Raheem Sterling. He could have crumbled. I mean, it was um, a lot of pressure and it was probably quite fortunate that neither of them were given... um, Certainly, it had that air that the, the handball one would have been given last week. Although I think I think you, even the the, uh, the referees can't argue that you, you you surely can't do a slide tackle with your arms by your side. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna very badly injure yourself trying to do that. It's got to be a natural <laughs> position to have your arm out behind you. Just trying to picture like penguin slides across the. The last couple of weeks have been mad though, haven't they? So you wouldn't have been yeah, surprised. And yet he was still doing his his work, bombing forward. It's always pleasant at the end of a game like this, when you can see in like the 89th minute, um, the players following what Scotty Parker would call our scripts. Um, but him and uh, Dallas and Costa down the left were absolutely following orders. And it was, um, it was good. Try to win a penalty did appear to be Mansa his tactic for the last five minutes, didn't it? It just seemed like one very weak claim after another, because there was the Sterling one with uh, Cooper when he slid in on him as well, which never a penalty. And neither were the ones on, um, Davis were either, but with VAR, I do always wonder, worry that they're going to go back and watch it, and then they'll be able to spot like a the most minute of touches, and and then they'll, they'll end up giving it. I did actually think it was one on Dallas where he went through and was 
he was trying to stay up, but he got a bit of a shove. And if he'd have gone down there, he might have got one as well. I think it was in the first half. When Kyle Walker just gave him that tug. Yeah, I, I sort of think that, that if he'd have gone down there, VAR might have looked at that and given it to him. But I'm, I'm kind of glad. I was happy with VAR's role in this game because it didn't do anything. And that's an improvement. Just returning to Tyler Roberts, actually, because a lot of tweets in the first half are saying, yeah, take him off and surprised that he came out for the second half. But as you said, Moscow, he did have a couple of nice quality moments, but there were a lot of spells in that first half when I will admit to thinking we need something a bit more in that midfield area because um, they were just passing through us as they do because um, they're dead good and all that. And they've got like Kevin De Bruyne in there. And I felt for him a little bit. Don't go bringing Mickey Croissants into this needing a little bit more in that midfield area. It's still a painful subject. I mean, our attacking playmaker, whoever it was going to be, the way the first half was going, whether it was Tyler Roberts, if it had been Pablo Hernandez and possibly Rodrigo, if he'd started the game, I don't think they were going to dominate. And Tyler Roberts did not dominate. But when he got his chances to show what he's capable of, he's still, there's, there's good things in Tyler Roberts. And I'm sort of, I'm not bothered that he doesn't show them now because he's, what, 22? So I'm sure he'll lose his place to Rodrigo imminently because Rodrigo came on and was was brilliant. But, you know, Rodrigo won't play forever. I thought the difference with Rodrigo is he seemed to be more involved all over the pitch. I think, Particularly in the opening stage where, again, this probably comes down to him being young and playing out of position because he's used to he's kind of grown up being a striker but it didn't feel like Roberts was coming back to help out very much in those early stages where I feel like someone with more experience someone like Rodrigo or Pablo if he was there would have seen the way that they were getting control of the midfield with De Bruyne and um, Foden had quite a lot of the ball, ball early on as well and he would have probably come back whereas Roberts was up front and doing some quite nice things when he did have the ball but I think we needed a little bit more defensive help at that point. Yeah and one of the, the differences as well was that Rodrigo not only has the intelligence to drop into those deeper areas, but when he got there, um, he controlled a uh, clearance by Melier on his chest, turning as he did so, laying it off. And I kind of just thought at that moment, yeah, that's that's £27 million quite well spent, isn't it? Which is, I mean, where are, it's nearly 10 times as much as Tyler Roberts cost. So that you can see levels. Um, I don't know. I just like, I like Tyler. I think Yeah, nice. but I mean, Rodrigo, when he was... Well, I think he was slightly younger than Roberts, but roughly the same age. He was on loan at Bolton, not scoring goals and not being particularly good. So let's not get let's not. It, no one's trying to criticise Tyler Roberts because, like you say, he did some nice stuff. The ball, the bit his role in playing Dallas in was very nice, and he does always do some really very tidy stuff. But I just feel like we need someone who's a bit more involved in general. It feels like he needs to be brought up to Premier League level, sort of more gradually rather than thrown in against billion-pound Man City, doesn't it? But, you know, this is the situation that we're in and uh, Bielsa has faith in him. So, you know, fair enough. It, it is what it is. But yeah, I, th- I thought Rodrigo really grew into it again today. Another another step up his involvement and nice for him to get his goal, even if it did fall straight to his feet. They all count the same, don't they? I feel like it was evened out by his header that was an unbelievable save not long afterwards and did very well to head that as well because it took a nick just off Bamford, didn't it, before it got to him. So he didn't have any time to adjust himself, but it was a... That was a really good header. If that had gone in and the the other one hadn't, it would it would seem fairer. Rodrigo does just look flat out great to me. I think that's that's where I stand on Rodrigo at the moment. And on a similar level, there's not a lot really to say about Robin Cock apart from good good game. Didn't give away any penalties. That's two games in a row now, and defended well. I thought he played well. 
Yeah, I thought Cooper did all right as well. It was slightly, was, I think it was Cooper for the goal, wasn't it? He kind of mishit a clearance. Um, it was Mes- Meslier's kick had gone had gone astray, hadn't it? Then it, Cooper had a chance to clear and he didn't, and then Sterling ended up with it and putting it in the net. But it wasn't like a, a huge defensive error. It was just one of those things that on another day makes a cleaner contact with it and clears it. Yeah, I think it looked like Cooper was trying to lay it off for Calvin. Like he was going to be dropping in, and he wasn't. He should have just poofed it clear. But um, I did enjoy the uh, much as the end-to-end stuff that had Sky wetting themselves was very exciting. I did also get a different kind of buzz from when City were approaching our box, and I think it was De Bruyne or it might have been Sterling tried a shot, and four players were just diving at him to block it. Yeah, that's good. This is Leeds United. You don't get that from anybody else in this division. And a moral victory in many ways, because thanks to Kevin Flannery, who's uh, tweeted us in this one, pointing out that the XG from that game, according to uh, internet Twitter account, the XG philosophy, leads 2.67 to Manchester City's 1.44. If you think about it, Mesley didn't have to make any saves, did he, particularly? I know they had a few chances where they were curling it over the bar from... Close in, there was one on a phone number in the first half, and Silver and De Bruyne had him in the second. I think there were, it felt like it was dropping to on the edge of the box now and then. But as XG shows, they're not positions that you generally would expect people to score from. Bambino, he had the best chance for Manchester City at the end, didn't he? That's the <laughs> one save Melier had to make, dive into uh, to stop Bamford's header. But um, yeah, I think coming back to the the sort of overall feeling that we're we're leaving this game with, I think it's the overall feeling that we're giving to the Premier League at the moment because Burnley versus Newcastle has just kicked off. Yeah, can we wrap, can we wrap this up? I'm desperate to watch that. <laughs> I almost feel like if Leeds carry on playing the way that we are so far, we'll make Burnley versus Newcastle a better game. <laughs> By the end of the season, games like that will be good because of Leeds being in the Premier League. I think we're lifting... Standards, and because everyone talks about, I mean, it was actually a quite an intelligent comment from Jermaine Genus talking about the handball rule and it being implemented in the Premier League this season when it's been used in Europe in other competitions before. So it's not necessarily new, but it's new here. And Genus was saying, look, the Premier League is a product and it's sold on television and that's how it makes its money. And you're essentially, you've made a decision that's spoiling it. It's making it less enjoyable to watch. I think... When the television money is sorted out at the end of the season, all of it should just be given to Leeds United because we are the, the only entertaining team in it. All right, us, City and Liverpool can split it. Spurs don't deserve a fucking penny, but we are doing something in these matches that other teams are not. Gary Neville doesn't enjoy being alive. I don't think he's a happy person. Um, all he wants to do every day is hate Liverpool. And he doesn't get those opportunities very often anymore because he has to be a, a sensible pundit on Sky. And he wanted to be a manager and he was talking about that, you know, the the awkward moment when um, that he couldn't get anything good out of Rodrigo at Valencia was brought up. And you could tell he doesn't want to talk about the fact he's a failed football manager because he's constant. All he thinks about is, you know, the negative feelings of his failed life. He enjoyed watching Leeds United and as a result, listening to Gary Neville talking about Leeds United became bearable because he was in a good mood. We 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 made Gary Neville seem human. And I think that's maybe one of Marcelo Bielsa's greatest achievements so far. 
to be honest, there is a very real chance that we will get all of the Premier League TV money because at this rate, we're going to be selected for broadcasts, what, 36 weeks out of 38? And that's a lot of money because you are guaranteed 10 and we've already racked up five in the um, in the proper broadcast slots when it comes to, is it Wolves and Leicester have been um, put for TV? So yeah, well, let's say 30. We'll give the others a chance. Just 30 appearances will be fine. And why wouldn't we be on? I mean... I'd rather watch that game again than watch Newcastle against Burnley, personally. I think any right-minded person would. It's nil-nil, by the way, so far. Well, we've hit the half an hour mark now on the recording, but before we do head off, let's um, let's pick some heroes and villains dead quick. I want to, first of all, nominate as a hero Stuart Dallas for that late tackle. Um, only a yellow card for definite. Yeah, I was a bit worried they were going to have a look at that again. I did notice there was a little kind of um, glance between uh, Stuart Dallas and Pep Guardiola at the end where it was almost like a little wagging finger. And he was like, yeah, I know. But there was, <laughs> what I enjoyed about that was that there didn't seem to be a massive demand from City's bench to get him sent off. There was obviously, you know, hey, this, that's a bad tackle, do something about it. But can you imagine that having happened in front of Dean Smith and John Terry or with Frank Lampard standing there? It would have been absolute carnage. We'd have been hearing about it for weeks, whereas everyone just went, that's a bad tackle. Yellow card. Uh, you should have sent him off. Let's get on with the game. So that's good. On the, the flip side of that, I would like to nominate um, Pep Guardiola as villain because um, I'm sick of all the kind of nicey-nicey stuff. I wanted to hammer them and we didn't. So um, it's all very well saying nice things about Marcelo Bielsa, but then lose the game. It's meaningless if you then don't lose the game. So I feel like Pep has... Uh, um, been exposed as a fraud. I, mean, I was going to say, we did draw, so can we just call him a bald fraud and move on? <laughs> I think that's fair. I have another villain as well, um, continuing the, uh, the the television coverage. Nationwide Building Society, they put an advert on um, straight after the match, and it did not feature square ball contributor and Leeds United supporter Matt Abbott doing his poems. He's done one for their adverts and they didn't choose that one. It was somebody else, another poet. I'm sure she's very good, but I wanted Matt Abbott in that moment and I didn't get him. A niche complaint, I feel, that Moscow, but we'll let it ride. If he'd been there, people would have known. It would have just made everything better. I don't know why they've cut to... uh, Is this game in Newcastle or Burnley? It's in Newcastle, too far north. They should just be showing, like somebody in a, a pub in Leeds talking. That's what people want on television now. Just wall-to-wall Leeds content. It is nice that this is going to rile the sort of... Mainly, it seems to mainly be Villa fans who get annoyed by people talking about Leeds, but everyone, to an extent, is, is really annoyed that people keep gushing over Leeds and match of the day tonight, I'll have loads of nice things to say about us again and that'll be making people angry. So that's good. I enjoy that. Should we make... Um, should that be our hero? Leeds, the city, the concept. Yeah. 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 Everything. Those owls, the hanging sheep. This thing we're all part of in some way. All of us. As a collective, as a as a single throbbing organism. From LS1 to LS28 and even the bits of Bradford with Leeds postcodes. All of it. Let's not start talking about Ilkley. That's it's a very thorny topic in the BD postcodes. Hey, listen, that's contested um, let's- contested ground, isn't it? Yeah, there are, there are just dotted lines on the map where Ilkley are concerned. No one wants to uh, be certain about who that belongs to. But um, let's give the final word to Marcelo Bielsa in the post-match, who has said uh, whether he can take any pleasure from it. He said, um, during the game, it's difficult to enjoy whilst watching. Is that it? <laughs> okay. I know where he's coming from. 
I think you could you could sense something of that because they um they had the camera on him at the end and he didn't get up, did he? Just stayed crouching, almost as if I wondered if because he'd just given some instructions for the set piece that was about to be played, and then Mike Dean blew the whistle, and I wonder if he was thinking we could have won. We would have won the 30 more seconds. I just told them how to win the game. And then he was like, well, I better go and be nice to pretend that I like Pep Guardiola. That guy, that time he came to my ranch and he ate all my fucking food. Good fun, that. Let's hope it continues after the international break then. Early access to the match ball with a TSB Plus subscription as well. If you want details on that, the squareball.net forward slash plus. We'll catch you next time. See you in a bit. The match ball. 